Hello and welcome to The Last Call. My name is Jamal and I'm joined, as always, 800 kilometers away, Ashley Hevington. Hello, hello. Grand final is done and dusted. How exciting. Yeah, now what do we do? What do we do for the, <laughs> for the next six months? Um, it'll be cricket season soon, won't it? Oh, mate. Although, you'll I mean, be trade, trade season, free, free agency period. Oh, they're already. I was on the AFL website today, and they were already plugging the uh, trade radio. They were just like, "Do you want to listen to this? You're a bit like, oh, you want to listen?" I'm like, "No." I saw that trade radio started this morning. Brendan Goddard was on. Oh Is Adam Snard for pick seven a good straight swap? Uh, fuck, I don't know. Is it? I think yes. To be honest, I mean, obviously I'm biased, but I think. Well, to be uh, like, I obviously don't know if it's a good draft. I haven't looked into it too much, but like for a player who A wants out, and I think, is he, is he, is his contract up at the end of next year? Could he just walk? No, his contract's up now. Oh, he's con- oh, oh right. Well, then hell yeah. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Um, oh, yeah, for Essendon, definitely a good deal. It's Carlton that are um, toing and froing. Yeah, no, fair enough. But at the same time, no one really knows if it's a good draft because there's been no underage footy this year. Yeah, that's true. That's, it's been the same all around the world, really. They didn't do college for the first half and they were like, well, we don't know if anyone's going to be good. The NBA draft is allegedly mid. So who knows? We'll find out. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be one of those drafts where you can get some real steel. Like, it's going to be just luck of the draw, really. We'll probably look back in 15 years and go, well, three of the best players from that draft went in the teens. Yeah, no, that's fair. And they'll go to, you know, clubs who don't need them and just continue on with their dynasty. All four of them will go to Geelong. It's just how it works. I mean, everybody else is going to Geelong. Yeah, why not? Just add everyone else. Jeremy Cameron, Sean Higgins, runners-up trophy. <laughs> yeah, although also they can get to the preliminary final and get bounced. Um, but we'll be talking to a Geelong supporter later, hopefully. So that'll be that'll be fun. Oh, she's uh, just up and out after the weekend. <laughs> love and life. Um, yeah, grand final over the weekend. Uh, it was a good first half, I feel like, and then Richmond just turned up, and Dustin Martin is. Uh, arguably the greatest finals player of all time. Yeah. See, I think I messaged you this and I messaged a couple of people this. At halftime, I just had a real real feeling that Richmond were going to win because I think that second quarter, Geelong played as well as they could possibly play. Their pressure was elite. They were just get, getting in so hard first to every ball. And at halftime, they were, what, 15 points in front? Yeah. And it was the goal um, before the end of the half... Was it Dusty where he just picked it, it up outside the 50 and it just yeah. somehow skimmed in off the bounce and you're like, well, Geelong probably wouldn't have liked to concede that and that ended up being a uh, momentum changer because Richmond really didn't stop from there and Geelong fell off. Yeah, and I mean, Richmond, they didn't even really come out all guns blazing. They just came out all Dusty's blazing after halftime. He's just... He's in. I know. I know. We said last week it'd be a battle of Dusty and Danger, and in the end, it really was because Dusty stood up and Danger went missing. Yeah, and and it really got shown at the end where um, Dusty 
just stole the ball from the handball, shook a danger tackle, and then kicked one of the most insane goals in a grand final I've ever seen. Yeah. I'll be honest, before, if you had told me before this weekend that danger had have channeled his old Adelaide teammates from the 2017 grand final, <laughs> wouldn't have believed you, but he, he paid homage to them like you would not believe. He's just putting on for the city of Adelaide. He misses them. It was uh, an interesting decision to play in predominantly Ford, especially in that second half. I agree. I think they didn't have anything going in the midfield, especially in the second half. Um, and yeah, just <laughs> they were getting overwhelmed and they kind of just left him forward. Um, it didn't help that they were, oh, well, both teams were kind of a man down. Vlosner got injured um, in the first quarter from a first, first like three minutes. minutes. Yeah, just copped a Paddy Danger. Dangerfield forearm, and Gary Ablett dislocated his shoulder. Not it good. was a bad 24, bad 24 hours for Nick Floston. Someone tried to burn his house down in Torquay and then played in a premiership and doesn't remember a minute of it. You reckon, you reckon they knew it was his house? Oh, absolutely. The fact that it was in Geelong and it happened the night before they played Geelong in a grand final. Who's, who's walking around Geelong thinking like, hmm... Which Richmond backline player can I get? <laughs> in fairness, it was looking a pretty smart move at half time. They looked in disarray, the Richmond backline in the first half. Well, yeah, and um, the commentary team touched on it. And I think, who was it? Is it Abby Holmes? The, Abby Holmes. Yeah, yeah, she interviewed Hardwick at, um, at half time. He was basically like, um, lost and big out. Um, because he's key to that defense. He plays the. I'd say a sweeper role, just coming off his man and um, creating two-on-one situations for Richmond. And Dimmer was like, yeah, we've had to shuffle a few things. And they shuffled a few things. And they came out looking great. More than that, he, he acts largely as the general of that backline. Like, he organises, he directs, he knows who has to go to what, who, who needs to be where. Like, I, it took him a while to adjust after that, but they did it pretty well, actually. Yeah, no, and that's a credit to Richmond's backline. And I think Dimmer, I think that was, um, like, it's easy to have Dusty on your team, but I think it was pretty well coached after halftime. Um, yeah. I mean, he he has to be entering the realm of greatest coaches of the modern era. I mean... Oh, for sure. We, we talked last week about the, the difference in game styles between 2019 and 2017 mm. to be able to win with... The mosquito fleet, and then the two big Fords. But mosquito. I reckon. Wow, well, not 1993 Essendon mosquito fleet, but I mean Butler and Higgins and Rioli and just all the little Fords around Rewalt's feet. Yeah. No. Um, to be to be able to get them up this year to win their fourth in three, uh, third in four years. I'd be impressed uh, after one three all years. The problems, all the problems they'd had, Brooke Cochin and Kebab Gate. Um, it, I reckon this is just about their most impressive flag of the last four years, especially because I think they got challenged in a grand final for the first time. Like well, Adelaide didn't. Adelaide didn't put up a fight. GWS didn't put up a fight. Hey, GWS didn't get off the plane. Um, and that's <laughs> that's um, touches on my list later. But like Richmond haven't. It's like in Hawthorne, I think. They haven't played in, like, um, when their dynasty happened, didn't play in, like, good grand finals because they were just way too good for everyone else. I feel like Richmond have definitely, well, obvious statement here, but 
been the dominant team over the past four, five years. Um, and yeah, they've just been really well coached. Remember when there was a board inquest um, for for Hardwick out and all the board? Yeah. yeah. Now look where they are. Yeah, I don't know. And we've talked before about how Hardwick could have been at Essendon if his PowerPoint presentation didn't glitch. But um, Enough transitions. I mean, Brendan Gale is obviously just a very impressive operator. He came out in 2010 and made that those bold statements that in hindsight look completely reasonable. But at the time, he was vilified and laughed out, out of every room he was in. Yeah, me included. If you watch Richmond and from the entire time I've been alive, they've been an absolute basket case of a club. And Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, like, Richo single-handedly dragged them off the bottom of the ladder and to ninth mm. a few years. I mean, they were the perennial bridesmaids, weren't they? They finished ninth every year. I mean, not bridesmaids, but, like, just, just outside the finals. That was, that was their place. Yeah, they, they just, yeah, they had a mid-list. They were doing nothing. No one wanted to be there. Um, people keep bringing up the Adam Trelaw. Collie would have a better list than Richmond. Bit rough. Um, but yeah, a good win by Richmond. Um, that second half was a pleasure to watch. And most importantly, broke the seven-year hoodoo of first grand final goal scorer playing in a losing team. I was very surprised by that. I yeah, feel like you brought uh, it was, last year too. It was Jack Gunston last uh, last to kick uh, the first goal on a winning side, wasn't it? Before Prestia. Yeah, that's true. I reckon 2013, Jack Gunston kicked the first goal. Ah, those were yeah. better times. Those were better times. <laughs> well, I was on an aeroplane when that game happened and we had to get the pilot to radio air traffic control to see the score. <laughs> a noble cause. Um, I just want to touch it on. Is Geelong. Um, I feel. Should we get our Should we get our heartbroken Geelong supporter up to discuss Geelong? Yeah, add her in while we're doing that. I just wanted to say, I feel like every week I say it's a battle of the twelve to twenty twos on the roster um, because you just assume that the stars of both teams will turn up. I feel like after the, not even the second half. I feel like Dangerfield was pretty quiet. <clears throat> Selwood was fine. Gary Ablett um, dislocated his shoulder. And I feel like <laughs> it's his last game, but I feel like he was definitely a deficit to the team. Um, at no fault yeah. of his own, he just wanted to get through it. Having said that, I think he provided the highlight of the grand final for me. That deft little handball onto... Uh, was it, was uh, it to Selwood or Duncan? When he had it for literally uh, half a second. It was the over the... Shoulder on the wrong side, and he kind yeah. of. And then there, were, there were a couple of other, there were a couple of other little kicks that he did that just nobody else was hitting a target with those. It was he's all class. He's all class, and his body was failing him, and he was still like, you know what, I'm better than a lot of these players out here, and I'll stay out and show it. But I feel like Geelong's middle of the roster played really well. Yeah, um, I thought Stewart was great. I thought Harry Taylor enhanced Tom Lynch and yeah <laughs> it's, it's rare that Stuart especially Stuart was great Stuart was really good I feel like it's rare that you have 
Tom Lynch not firing because I feel like he's just bossed um, everyone. Yeah, I mean, uh, Tom Lynch is a great athlete and obviously it wasn't a night conducive to big forwards. I think, what, Lynch kicked one, Rewop kicked two, Hawkins kicked... I think he kicked one up. Hawkins kicked poorly again was the biggest thing. So did Dangerfield, to be fair. Dangerfield's not a very good kick, though, but Hawkins is quite a good kick for goal normally. Yeah, that's very true. All right, here we go. We're joined by a lovely Geelong supporter, Chloe Waddell. Uh, Geelong supporter. <laughs> hey, guys, how you doing? <laughs> well, we're okay. We're not Geelong supporters. How you doing? Hey, yeah, look, it's, it's been a tough weekend. I'll give you that. I'll give you that. I think you'd be happy, Jamal. I know you hate um, Geelong, from what I remember. To be fair, I had money on Geelong, so I was Didn't we all? rooting for them. But um, after <laughs> I had a um, Gary Ablett anytime goal scorer, and after he dislocated his shoulder three minutes into the game, I was feeling less good about my bet. Yeah, I, I can understand that. I think um, the moment that Gary Ablett was out, that just hearts broke all around the country. Mine probably the loudest, I would say. I don't think Richmond hearts broke. All around the country. <laughs> yeah, look, I don't think anyone apart from the Richmond supporters wanted Richmond to win again. You know, that, that, that was enough. We don't need them to do that again. As someone, oh, my, gra- my grandma, she hates Gary Ablett with a passion. She was celebrating when he did his show. <laughs> really? Yeah, I don't know. She just finds him really annoying. So, like, she's an Essendon supporter, so she's conditioned to hate Collingwood. And before Geelong and Collingwood played, I asked her who she was supporting and she said, yeah, I'm not sure. Just whoever wins, I want their three best players to get injured. (laughs) Especially Ablett. She just hates Ablett so much. He's such a nice man, though. He's such a delight. Yeah, well, he's retired now. That was sad. That, That was sad to see him just like, hobbling out on the last game and he didn't really do much. And I'm like, with a career like Gary Ablett, you feel like he deserved a better send-off. Yeah, it would have been a ni- it would have been a nice way to tribute one of Gold Coast's stars. <laughs> I I don't know, obviously I don't live down in Victoria, but if either of you saw the Herald Sun on Saturday morning. Gold Coast's two best ever players were on the front page. It was Gary Ablett and Tom Lynch. Stephen May's a rough shout. Mate, Stephen, yeah, uh, defenders never get the praise they deserve. You know that. Yeah, that's true. Ah, well. But Chloe, if you could put it into just one sentence, what went wrong for Geelong? Other than Ablett getting injured. I mean, putting danger just... He should have just stayed where he was. I I love Chris Scott, but bad yeah, move. <laughs> bad move. <laughs> okay, but Chloe, so you the important movie? question. How handsome is Chris Scott now that he has a rugged beard and long hair? Oh, yeah. I mean, these are the important questions. Uh, up there. It's we'll we'll put him up there. <laughs> Forget Daddy Dan, it's definitely Daddy Chris. <laughs> Look, Chris would win over Dan any day. 
Hey, but yeah. Dan's fans released some promising news today until he backflips tomorrow. Yeah, Dan beat. Yeah, we don't. <laughs> we don't even get started on that. <laughs> yeah, no, that's fair enough. Um, for next year, Chloe, how do you feel about Geelong? Um, obviously, runners up, and they kind of took Richmond close, but uh, Ablett retiring and the squad getting just a little bit older. How how are we feeling? How are we feeling about getting back to the grand final? Just a little bit older. Uh, I mean, we can hope. I think without Ablett, it's going to change the dynamic of the team and you know everything's going to be a bit weird, but I don't know. We've got some good boys out there. So, I don't know. Maybe 2021 will be our year. Probably not, but we can hope. <laughs> I mean, Je- Jezza Cameron is a huge addition to that forward line. He hasn't Sean even... Higgins, Sean Higgins replaces Ablett's class to a degree. Like, probably not quite in the class stakes. But we'll probably get more touches than Ablett does. I'm going to clip that off and put that everywhere. Like Higgins replaces, replaces class. the class of Gary Ablett. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ablett does two good things a game. Yeah, but they're the best things. Exactly. <laughs> Gary Ablett. To be fair, that's not a bad take, but it's Gary Ablett. Yeah, it's not a bad take, but it'll make a great sound bite, Brad. Oh, hell yeah. That'll be coming up on the board <laughs> next week. <laughs> Um, does Harry Taylor play on? Chloe? Oh, man, I don't know. Because <laughs> I, I think if they won, he was definitely done. Okay. Does the pain of losing spur into one more shot? I mean, we're going to need more than a hand gesture from you. It is an audio medium. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Harry Taylor, I don't, he can't, like, he could stay on, but he's just, like, he's a year older, um, and he's, like, he's, um, coming up against the Fords who are just getting ever more athletic and just taller and faster by the year, and you feel like he's just going to lose a touch, and he's, like, his athleticism was never, um, the biggest part of his game. So just the thought of him, you know, trailing behind Eric Hipwood every year is just a bit sad. It's a bit sad. (laughs) How old old is Harry Taylor? That's my question. That's a good question. I don't even know. Not Harry Taylor. Um, Those are all good points. But as you said, he just pantsed Tom Lynch, who is arguably the most athletic key forward in the game. 34. He's 34. 34. Yeah, he, oh, well, he I mean, that probably makes sense. He played in 2000. I didn't play 2007, but he played 2019. He was on the roster in 2007. I did look that up. But um, yeah, he's, he's, I swear he's been in the league for 400 years. He's like Shane Edwards. He's been here forever. It's like he never left. Sean Burgoyne. Ah, oh, mate, he's actually been here forever. <laughs> did Burgoyne play the 2004 flag? He did, didn't he? Sure did, with his brother Pete. That's absurd. Sean Burgoyne has had two 10-year spells with two premiership winning teams. Isn't that wild? Yeah, what's he won? Four flag? Yeah. 
was only 118 points off winning a fifth flag. <laughs> that was that's a actually Chloe. What's your favorite Geelong Grand Final that they've won? In your uh, no, how oh, do you choose one? Which one do you say, Ash? 89. Ablett kicked nine and you got beat. Ooh. <laughs> no, honestly, any grand final with DeLong in it, in it is my favourite. I just, I love them. Even the losing ones? 2008. 2008. <laughs> even the losing ones, to be honest, I'm not even mad about it. Being the top two ain't bad. It is, it is kind of, uh, depends on the team, but I feel like most teams are just like, well, I'm kind of just happy to be here. Like when St Kilda made it. Uh, <laughs> Remember that? Oh, that was, <laughs> that was, <laughs> that was rough. But like, usually it's like, I'm happy to be here. We're one of the two best teams in the league. Absolutely. And especially, especially this year, like everything has just turned to crap this year. To get to the, to actually have a grand final at all, I think is amazing. And then to chuck Geelong in there, just the cherry on top. I mean, it's easy to say it's good just to get to the grand final. Brisbane did that this year and they just got to the prelim final. That whole city of Brisbane celebrated for two weeks after they won the qualifying final. <laughs> just to get absolutely pantsed in the prelim <laughs> final. All right, on to, on to the important matters though, Chloe. What did we think of the pre-game entertainment? Oh, you guys really are asking the hard-hitting questions, aren't you? <laughs> um, look... Would you like a softball? It, the, the pre-game entertainment, I liked the idea of the all-Australian, you know, all-Australian all acts. Uh, could it have been better? I would say yes. Uh, I don't really have a whole lot else to say about that. You know what? It, it was meant to be good. It they wasn't. They yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I liked Shepherd um, halftime entertainment. Yeah, actually, that the was halftime quality. was very good. I mean, I only knew one Shepherd song going in, but Geronimo like, is top five, my least favorite song of the 2010s. Geronimo, top five worst song of the 2010s. <laughs> All right, this, this is a nice detour. What are the other top four? <laughs> Oh. And Chloe, what are your top five least favourite songs from the 2010s? It's not I have even, too many. <laughs> it's not even top. It's it's one of those ones where um, it came out, and then any time you turn on the radio, it just happened to be playing, and you switch sort over to like any tones and I ever. Yeah, it's like any tones and <laughs> I. You're like, hold on, I'd switched radio stations to stop listening to this. Why am I still listening to this? <laughs> Exactly. But, I'm but yeah, I, for the for the halftime entertainment, I liked that they used the lights. I mean, if you're going to have a night footy game, may as well make the most of it. That's yeah, cool. I mean, we can get on to that now. What did we think of the night grand final? Uh, was, yeah. I liked, I liked the halftime, just purely based on it. And I was... Um, talking to you Ash about this it looked more like a concert and you said it looked like a Coldplay concert and I was like that's kind of fun but then like there's just there's more gravity in a day grand final I feel like um yeah that's all I got to yeah. say yeah 
I think my two points on the night grand final. What I actually didn't mind the actual night grand final. I thought the game wasn't. It, nothing was taken away from the game by it being at night, and I thought the halftime show was really good. But I think if you're gonna go all out with the night grand final, which is ostensibly just for money, because supporters don't really want it, clubs don't really want it. It's just for TV. You have to invest more in entertainment. Like, if you're going to have a huge light show like they did at halftime, and no offence, Chloe, because I know you really like them, but you have to get somebody better than fucking Shepard. <laughs> like, three years ago when the Killers played, if the Killers had have played at halftime like that in the dark, like, that would have been unbelievable and got rave reviews. That would have been epic. Even with Shepard, not bad. But, like, if that was the Killers or Coldplay or someone. Yeah, but is Jeff Rewalt coming on after the game to sing with Shepard? Is he singing the falsetto of Say Geronimo? <laughs> <laughs> um, having said that, like, that was the exception. Like, no other AFL player has ever done that before. That's true. There's no other... No other grand final band has ever had a song as universally known as Mr. Brightside, I don't think. Ah, <laughs> um, oh, Hunters and Collectors, Holy Grail. Yeah, that's true, but... No, I get yeah, what you I mean. Argue Mr. Brightside is still more universally known than Holy Grail. Maybe oh. not among AFL. Yeah, no, fair. But oh, I think like that should be the barometer for halftime entertainment. Can one of the players come up? And just sing away. I mean, you're going to have to get the killers every year. But, <laughs> um, but no, that, on to the second point of the night grand final is the only thing that got sort of me, like, didn't drive me crazy through the day waiting for it was the fact that the races were on. So it was like a full TV event through the day. You could just turn Channel 7 on, you watch a bit of footy, you see some races. You can have a bit of a punt if you like, or if you've got people around, especially going forward, obviously this year, not as applicable, but um, I think you need something through the day, whether that's like a race meeting that people care about or have like the under 18 grand final on, or just something to keep people entertained through the afternoon so they don't have to entertain themselves all the way up until seven o'clock. That would be, that'd be a decent spot for the, um, like a VFLW grand final. Um, just as not a curtain raiser, but just like a something to get through the day, because that's the like, other thing yeah, thing all the way yeah. through. Like in past years, Fox have advertised like the week before the grand final as the festival of footy, and like this year when it was twenty-one games in twenty-one days, it was the festival of footy. Like I reckon, if you had sort of that through grand final day, if you want to have a night grand final, have like the brunch in the morning and whatever, and then have a game or two through the afternoon. Mm. Because otherwise, yeah, otherwise, I think it's too long a day and people just go to the pub at midday or start a barbecue at midday and then are blind by 7.30. Well, that's <laughs> you passed out before the game actually starts. Yeah, you wake up Sunday morning and say, fuck, who won the footy? I've got to watch the replay. Yeah, then you find out it's <laughs> fucking Cox Plate Day. Like, I've been passed out for three weeks? Jesus. <laughs> But no, the footy on Cox Plate Day was good, I think, but obviously won't happen again because Cox Plate's at the end of October. Yeah. 
It definitely was a long day waiting though. I was just so keen. I was getting so nervous. I think by the time that the footy actually started, I was just an absolute stress ball, just waiting for it to, to see what was going to happen. So yeah, it's, it's got pros and cons. Um, maybe if Geelong wasn't in it, I could appreciate the night game a little bit more. That's true. How did you spend your day just like getting through the build-up? And did you watch all the coverage or did you just try and not think about it? Um, I was pretty much watching the coverage all day. Um, I did some crafting to sort of take my mind off it for a while. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, pretty much as soon as, I think probably an hour before the pre-game entertainment started, I was like, all right, let's go. We've got to get decked out in, in the uh, Geelong merch and all that. And went to the pub. Yeah, went to the pub, went with mum and did um, had a... the... I did not go to the pub. <laughs> ah, Melbourne boy, not allowed to go to the pub, not even allowed to go to the living room. We are now. We're out of lockdown, baby. Got your first reservation booked? Literally, my group chat has been going off. It's like, okay, I've booked for Friday at 8.30. I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Chill. <laughs> I love that. 8.30 in the morning, I hope. <laughs> well, there's people who are opening up at 12 on the Wednesday. Um, I think the place I used to work at are doing it. and They're just like, we're getting fucked up. <laughs> like, that's the spirit. Yeah, staff party 12 p.m. Wednesday. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> oh, goodness gracious. Um, just to backtrack a little bit, have we heard anything else about Sam Simpson? Because he sort of just got knocked out, was taken hey, off I the field. And like, I've heard nothing. Like, is he alive? Is he fine? It's okay. Concussion doesn't run in the family, does it? <laughs> um, no. No, I actually haven't heard anything about Sam Simpson since. Like, we've lost it, obviously, it was pretty well covered. But mm. I guess nobody tried to burn Sam Simpson's house down the day before, so it didn't get as much media. <laughs> That's true. That was a brutal hit, though. His head hit the ground at a rate of knots. Like, that was, that was a good hit. Um, Sam Simpson has escaped serious injury and is recovering well after a dangerous collision. Oh, beautiful. So he's okay, old Sammy boy. I mean, he's a loser because you lost, but... Oh, okay. Wow. Thank you. <laughs> hey, we only talk um, facts on this podcast. <laughs> that's not true at all. <laughs> it is for this section. Don't listen to the second section. <laughs> Brilliant. Brilliant. Noted. <laughs> Speaking of listening to the podcast, how, how much of it have you got through? You told me you'd started listening. Yeah, I started listening. Um, I had one of them downloaded and then, uh, look, I got a little sidetracked, but I was enjoying it. I was enjoying your, um, your coverage of the last game. I don't know, what was it? October 13, something like that, that you did. Um, would like to also just point out, I too am a Nickelback fan. Uh, picked that up from your last podcast. Um, uh, also, Jamal's no longer a Nickelback fan. Oh, why not? He's been, he's been influenced by the mainstream. I don't know. I'm an oh, early wow. Nickelback fan. You remember when they put out that song that was like half disco, half rock, and I'm like, I'm jumping ship. I'm out. 
That's when I jump <laughs> ship too. Dad loves that song. And I just, every time he plays it, I'm like, you cannot possibly like this. She keeps me up. Yeah, right. See, I don't even remember it, but I just remember that was the point. That was the turning point where I'm like, ooh, they've jumped the fucking shark here. <laughs> he's a genius. He knows how to write radio hits. It, it's absurd. Like, there's two camps of Nickelback fans. There's, like, the radio Nickelback fans, like, the lighter stuff, the shitty stuff. And then there's people that, like, they're hard. They're, like, rock stuff. Yeah. Oh. I'm definitely the radio. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> It, it was bizarre. They sort of pivoted on the last album and went, well, we don't care about a hit anymore. And they just wrote an entire album of, like, metal songs. <laughs> got As you do. For it, though. He's got the voice He's for it. Very good. They're also just about the best live band you'll ever hear. Well, in Victoria, we wouldn't know anything about live music, so... Chloe, it's okay. Nowhere in the world knows live music anymore. <laughs> Except Darwin, they had a music festival headlined by Nolsey, but oh, that's um, I, was, um, I was supposed to be seeing two concerts next week. I had my ticket booked and had to get refunded. I was going to see the Killers and Green Day all within a week. Oh, the blast from the past, Green Day. Green Day, <laughs> mate. I mean, they're still releasing music. They just haven't had a radio hit since American Idiot. <laughs> that American Idiot the album was a good album. It's a fantastic album. It's a rock opera. If you just like listen to it all the way through, it's, there's a storyline, there's characters. You're invested, Ash. I like it. It is a musical. I mean, really. Yeah, they made it into a musical because yeah. it was written. It was an opera. Oh. There's like there's characters. Drug addiction, guy runs away, then comes back home. But anyway, back to Nickelback. Back to Nickelback? What's your Nickelback song, Chloe? Mm, the one that's in my head at the moment is Photograph. Of course it is. That's the one yeah. that's all in anybody's head. Yeah, I'm not going to lie about that. It's up in my head, so thanks, Jamal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've got Next Contested stuck in my head, so. Oh, yeah, it used to be Dad's favourite song. <laughs> yeah, before the disco one. Before she keeps me up. So how are your um, podcast statistics looking? Uh, my my mum got onto the podcast, realised I called her insufferable. Oh, great. <laughs> and so just, just for the record, I would like to just say publicly, you're not insufferable, mum. Only when you're in Richmond supporter mode. <laughs> they're not, see, they're not bad, like... Uh, what, what are they up to? They were 12 last week. Are we at like 14? We're up to f 16. 16? Yeah. You're basically viral. Is that listens or listeners? No, that's listens. Oh, that's not... It breaks it down into listens and then listeners. What's listeners? An estimated audience size of four. <laughs> There's three right here. <laughs> and my mum... I could be one of them, but I don't listen to it because I edit these. So yeah, like, no, it's probably me, you, Chloe, my mum, and one of my other friends that has listened to it just for a dabble. Oh, yeah, my girlfriend's listened to some of it. She was like, I have no idea what's going on. I'm like, yeah, you know what, fair. <laughs> we don't 
just drag on a bit. <laughs> I mean, we have just spent 10 minutes of the AFL portion talking about Nickelback. <laughs> I'd have it no other way. I like that Nickelback can just become a common theme throughout all of the podcast episodes. I mean, it's not exclusively a sports podcast. It's just called The Last Call. Nickelback, arguably, for many people, is the last musical call. <laughs> As in, they hear them and they're like, we should go home. Yeah, no, no, but they're fantastic. I've seen them live twice. Dad's seen them three times. Oh, Dean. Old Dean. And he, he said if he could pick their set list that they played, he would pay $1,000 to see them. Wow. It would just be like almost exclusively all their old shit, their heavy stuff. The first two albums. Uh, the, like the third and fourth. The first two are like the, the shitty ones that were released off-label. But no, yeah, Silver Side Up on the Long Road. Yeah, technically that's Long Road. That's a good album. This has got very niche for a football podcast. Isn't it, though? <laughs> Maybe I'll, I'll put it into three parts and we'll have <laughs> AFL, Nickelback, and then whatever the fuck we do later. <laughs> <laughs> Last contestant. Is that your hair? Oh, no, no, we're not doing I'm not thinking <laughs> that verse. You can if you like, Chloe. No, I, I can't top that performance. What the hell is on <laughs> Joey's head? <laughs> Good call. Ah. <laughs> uh. Any other Geelong matters you would like to raise, Chloe? That you feel are important to get your point of view out there into the public domain to our four listeners? To the four listeners. You being one. I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to Ash's mum and Ash's friend and Jamal's girlfriend. Um, look, I think the guard of honour, I don't know if you've touched on this already, the guard of honour for Gary Ablett was just beautiful. I think that was such a nice way for him to, to leave. I think it was beautiful for Richmond and Geelong to do that together. Um, touching moments. I cried a little bit, not even ashamed of it. What are your thoughts? <laughs> I, had, I genuinely had a tear in my eye as well. I may have been a little bit drunk, but um, yeah, no, when I saw Hotchin like motion... Like, they just won a flag. And when I saw him motion them over to give a guard of honour to Gary Ablett, I thought that is just... For a side that is hated by lots of the competition, I think the last two weeks, weeks they've been hugely classy. First with Tom Lynch consoling that Port Adelaide fan, the young kid, after yeah. he got a joke thrown over him. A $27 bourbon. <laughs> and then for Richmond to delay their grand final celebrations to like applaud Gary Ablett off the ground. I thought it was incredible. Definitely. They, Richmond were definitely winning some points for me, I have to admit. Ugh, are Richmond becoming likeable? No, Ugh. but Damien Hardwick's very likeable and Koch is actually pretty likeable as well, I think. Oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Coming from an Essendon supporter, that's very big of you. I mean, he's not a Brownlow medalist, but he's like... <laughs> And that's why he's like a
because he has not and will never be a Brownlow medalist. <laughs> well, he could be a Brownlow medalist if he has a freakish year next year, but he's not never going to be the 2012. That goes to Sam Mitchell. <laughs> Sam Mitchell is less deserving than Trent Rogers. Oh, oh.